You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Separated your deep ball from everybody else. My deep ball it had a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> I never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in in, in high school. Welcome to the Orange Is the New Black podcast. I'm your host Ace Boogie, joined by my co-host Zim. Zim, say what's up. Hello, world. We have a very very special show with us. Uh, we're we're gonna do something that. Um, I think we've all been waiting for or just been thinking about it or it might be heavy on your heart. Uh, we have Ken Riley Jr. on the show with us this evening, and we're just here to celebrate the life of his father. And Ken, I wanted you to just talk to the people and just tell them how you're doing right now and just say hello to Houday Nation. Hey, Houday Nation. Uh, thanks for having me again. Like I said, uh, thanks for the opportunity to come on and uh uh, to speak to my father, like I say, it's it's really been uh, my family and myself. We really appreciate all the love that has been uh, shown and support. So thank you guys for uh, uh, having me this evening. Yeah, definitely. So the first thing I want to talk about, I'm a FAMU alumni myself. Uh, you are as well. One thing that I wanted to talk about, we kind of did some digging. He was a member of Alpha Phi Alpha. What was that like for him? And like, what did he tell you his experience was like being an alpha? Because it makes sense because he was a Rose Scholar. So he seems yeah. like he will be an alpha man. What did that organization mean to him? Uh, it meant a lot. You know, there's a lot of uh, great and influential men that are part of the uh, alpha uh, fraternity. So it, it definitely meant a lot. And he was introduced to it by uh, Reverend Miles, who was one of uh, the great Fran Mullins. And uh, he pretty much told him that he didn't. I uh, remember told him he didn't have much but to uh, become an alpha, and he kind of like got him up. So uh, yeah, that was um, he was definitely proud to be alpha. Definitely, definitely. Like so, like just him being an alpha, or whatever. Did it ever? Uh, did you get into conversations with him, and, and and he wanted you to follow in those same footsteps? Well, one of the things about my dad, he never forced me to do anything. Uh, I would just talk to my sons now. That's funny that you all asked me that because my sons are 12 and 14. And uh, we just talked about the legacy because I, I I told him if I had to do it all over again, I definitely would have done it. 
Uh, I played football, and f- football itself is a fraternity in, in itself. I had to go through a lot, you know, as far as hazing and going through a lot of the uh, same things. So at the time, I was like, man, I just don't want to have to deal with that again. But um, if I had to do all of it again, that was something that I definitely would have uh, done as an undergrad. And, you know, I definitely talked to my boys about, like, hey, this is something I think you all should do. Uh, I think that um, – you know, continue on that legacy. And uh, so hopefully that's something they will do. But again, he never forced me to do anything, never forced me to play football. Uh, always, you know, was supportive in whatever I wanted to do. So uh, that was just who he was. Definitely, definitely. So like you said, he was a humble guy. You said that many times. Like it's it's almost amazing and fascinating when you start to look at this man's legacy and this life and everything that he was involved in. And I came across something and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. And it was Ken Riley day. They had that mm-hmm. in Bartow, Florida. You know, it was a, a major event, the mayor, they made, they gave your dad a day. What was that like going through that? Oh man, you have to do your research. Uh, but I, I remember that uh, it was right after the 1981 uh, small, I believe. And uh, he came back. I just remember, uh, you know, it was a great experience. I remember riding with some kind of convertible car. Uh, I was think I was in the front seat and they were in the back, but uh, he had on his cowboy hat and boots. And uh, it was it was definitely a great day to get him a key to the city. Um, so it was definitely a memorable memorable experience. Definitely, definitely. And and if you if you're just joining us or whatever, it, it might be some younger Who Day fans in here today. Just just what we're doing right now is trying to plant the seeds for a lot of different things that I think a lot of Bengals fans have been waiting for. You know, Ring of Honor, different uh, talks and Hall of Fame talks were on the table. Uh, unfortunately, Ken's father passed away this past June uh, in his 15 seasons. 201 games started, 65 interceptions, uh, first team all pro on that on that on that list of, of credentials. So this isn't just a guy that we're bigging up. This is a well accomplished football player that Ken Riley um, Senior was. Do you get into the conversations, or have you thought about like what it's going to be like, you know, uh, with the Ringer Honor when that when that's unveiled? I'm hoping this upcoming season. Is that something you're looking forward to? Uh, definitely. Uh, that would be a great, uh, great opportunity. Uh, I think that it's uh, well-deserving for a lot of the uh, past bingo greats. So uh, definitely looking forward, if it happens, um, to, to recognize some of those players. Because we've had a lot of great players. And unfortunately, uh, a lot of those players are not recognized at the national level like they – they should, they should, but um, it's a start, and I definitely would uh, be honored and I look forward, it, forward to it if that uh, if it happens. Definitely, definitely. I'm not Zim. Are you catching some feedback issues? I'm I'm hearing like some static and stuff like that. Do you? It's not a feed. I'm not getting a feedback. I'm getting a little bit. I think the connection Ken is like a little uh, off. Like, let me see something. I th- yeah, let, let me try on my phone then, because I, I was kind of hearing the same. I don't know if I could switch over and see. Yeah, no, um, that's fine. You can, you, even if you had to leave out and come right back, it's, it's, you could do that yeah. too. Yeah, if you want to leave out and come back with your phone, that's fine. Okay. We, can, we can do it that way. That sounds, sounds okay. good. Let me see. All right, so we'll let Ken get a second to 
to get um, get that resolved real quick for us. I'm loving the conversation so far. Just to recap, he said that um, his dad was huge into being an Alpha Phi Alpha. That was something that I believe one of his teammates, one of his other Bengals teammates, was one of his fraternity brothers as well, and he brought that up. Um, on uh, Bingo Gym Show. So if you haven't watched that, please be sure to check it out. There's a lot of gems in there. And then the fact that he had his own day, Ken Riley Day uh, in Bartow, Florida, which uh, before, if you know the history behind Bartow, Florida, it was a notoriously known place for, for lynchings and things like that. So it was a full circle moment for him to get his own day coming from, uh, you know, a history of that. So that was a very dope moment for Bartow, Florida. Hey, Karen, glad to have you back, sir. Okay, can you hear me now? Is that better? Yes, sir. Yeah, you good. It's crystal right. clear. Right. We got you. Great. A lot better. A lot better. We got you. And, and, and even when it just cut out too, one of the one of the comments I want to point out is uh, Isaiah Sheets said, "Actual young Bengal fan, love to hear the Bengals greats." Let me tell you, Isaiah, like you know, like corners that we're talking about that you probably watch every single week, like current, like we're talking like opportunists of the opportunists, and when it comes to interceptions. Ken Riley is like a like was a big legend, um, in 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 set the tone for a lot of cornerbacks like that you're watching today, and that's why it's so important. And I was bringing it up right before you kind of like stepped off and came back on. It's just like that's why it's so important that we honor like uh, your father on the Ring of Honor because it's a really really important part of the defensive back cornerback you know like discussion even in 2021. And it's got to be something that young Bengals fans like Isaiah, who commented in here, they have to see that when they walk into the stadium. Are there some other players that maybe you might have a connection with or just some guys that you might be looking forward to seeing when you walk into the stadium uh, 20, 2021 coming up and, and the Ring of Honor is unveiled? Yeah, well, I don't know uh, as far as the initial class or how many would be in that initial class, but they're definitely, like I said, those are the ones that everybody knows, like the, uh, Anthony Munoz, uh, the uh, Ken Anderson, um, but Lamar Paris, that was his, um, that was the guy he played with for nine years on the other side. He was the Dion before Dion. You know, he was right. the, the, the exciting punk returner. Um, so uh, Reggie Williams. Uh, that's who um, was my uh, father's uh, roommate when they were uh, on the road. Um, so, you know, a lot, a lot of defensive guys that uh, I definitely look forward to, hopefully in the future, uh, seeing those guys uh, get their name out there. Like when, when you talk about some of those guys like that, do you have, like, any memories of just anything that, you know, like, what was that like going, like, when you were younger, like maybe going to a practice or maybe going to a game or something like that and just being close to some of those players? Like, do yeah. you have anybody that you remember, like, that just did something special to you, like, and reached out to you, shook your hand when you were, like, 10 years old or something? You know what I mean? Uh, all of them were great, and I still have, like, my mom did a very great job of, like, giving me uh, a finding memorabilia. I have, like, a little tote bag, and I had, like, all of the players' uh, signatures on it. But uh, guys, like I said, like Reggie Williams, Lewis Breeden, uh, Lamar Paris, Pete Johnson, Isaac Curtis, uh, Ray Alexander, uh, Jim LeClair. I mean, I can go on and pretty much name the entire team, but everybody was always great. Of course, I kind of uh, leaned towards the defensive side just because that's what he played. So I knew a, a lot closer with those guys, especially like Red Williams, 
who I ended up also working with uh, down in Orlando at Disney. Uh, I worked with him at the Wild World of Sports, and I kind of, you okay. know, I stay in contact with him and uh, his son. So, um, you know, Lewis and, like I said, Lamar and those guys still um, talk with them from time to time. So, obviously, uh, he went to FAMU. They're known mm-hmm. as the Rattlers. Yeah. How did he actually get the nickname the Rattler? Like, was it just solely because he played at FAMU, or was it something that that – made that nickname stick well i think you know okay of course that was his uh, alma mater but also the way he tackled you know where he was known for like other undercutting the the receivers and kind of like striking so it kind of went hand in hand uh rattler was his alma mater plus the way he kind of tackled so um that it fit him though that was uh <laughs> a pretty, that's a pretty cool nickname you know the rattler um, yeah it is it's a dope nickname yeah yeah, yeah. Right, right. Um, I was gonna ask you too. Like, uh, do you think that, like, when when you watch your your father play, then do you see him like you know, like you were talking about like undercutting like plays and different things like that? Do you see some players like maybe playing today that kind of like have like instincts or different things that you just like? My father used to do that. Yeah. Uh... They play a little bit different now. He always talked about the techniques a little different. So he's watched like, man, uh, you know, the way they play now is a little bit different. And honestly, I don't know if that would even be legal the way that the rules have changed now. So uh, that's kind of hard to say. Um, but uh, there's a lot of good guys out there. But like I say, it's just a little bit error, different times and different eras. But um, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely. Definitely. I remember I read something that said that. Your dad said that some coaches even told him to lead with his head. That's how different that era yeah. was back hey, then. Totally, totally different era. You know, things that they used to get away with, you know, just like clothesline. I mean, there's a lot of things now that uh, that they can't get away with uh, today, what they did uh, back then. You know, like even with Mel Blunt, the bump and run, and, you know, they kind of they, they set up rules where you can't do certain things. So it was definitely a lot more physical. Uh, back then, and you can just look at you know the the, the helmets and everything. So it's it definitely come a long way where uh, today's players have a little bit more, um, like I say, a little bit more protected. But that's a good thing as well because uh, you know everything evolves. Yeah, it makes it safe because I know you said yeah. he didn't let you play football until high school. That was probably as a parent, he was probably concerned. I could only imagine me having my son like. The way that they were playing back then, if I came up in that era, I would be concerned as well. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely understand that. Shoot, um, even today, shoot, even today, you know, CTE, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a real thing. And, you know, like those are the conversations that parents around the world, you know, are having right now. It's like, are you going to risk that, you know, for your child? And, you know, like where, what were some of the things that he was telling you, I guess, around that time? Were you were you asking to play football like when you were a little bit younger than you know than high school? Oh man, I was heartbroken <laughs> every year. All my friends played part one of football, and every year. Well, the reason why is because he didn't play into the ninth grade. That's a little known fact. He didn't play into the ninth grade, and so he felt that it worked for him. It would be good for me. And it was a lot of. He felt that sometimes some of the part one coaches and uh, they put a lot of pressure on kids to win, and the, the bones are not developed. And he just didn't want me to burn out. So he figured that, you know, uh, ninth grade was a good start. And um, but every year I would cry. I mean, I would literally, like, cry. I'm like, I would try to sneak it in. But, hey, sign me up. But they wouldn't let me play. And I was upset every year. Like, I knew I wasn't going to play. But every year I would try. So 
it was right. uh, it was definitely hard not playing, but I, I really wanted to play. So one thing I think I think the secret the cat is almost out of the bag now. He played quarterback at FAMU. He was known as Aaron Riley. Some people even compared him to Russell Wilson. But the one thing that I had trouble with doing was finding some of his stats. So could you share, like, from Ken Riley, the quarterback, who was a dynamic guy who was ahead of his time at the time in order for him to get that shot in the NFL, what was Ken Riley, the quarterback, like? Uh that's what he kind of said. He said uh, if he had to choose a quarterback that kind of modeled his game, he said it was more like a Russell Wilson. I think he said he was a little bit more shiftier than uh, Russell, but a scrambler could throw on the one, uh, throw on the run, going to the left and going to the right. And he was just hard to catch. Um, so he was de- uh, definitely an uh, athletic quarterback. And um, that's exciting to watch from what, you know, all I've been told and, you know, just listen to some of the guys when they get together. It's kind of crazy because they do have a very similar bill. And I've shared, I've shared this with Ace before, but when I was at NC State, Russell Wilson, before he transferred, was my lab partner. Okay. And, I, and I actually – and, I mean, he's a really – you talk about a leader, well-spoken yeah. person, really, really, like, as advertised. But when, when we were in school – Russell Wilson, we everybody was cheering. I even went to baseball games, and I don't even really follow, but everybody thought it was going to be like a real, really, really big baseball star, honestly. And, I mean, he was pretty good at a Heisman campaign and stuff that they did, like, you know, like one year. It didn't work out like we thought it would, but, right. you know, like, like he was really good at baseball. Um, but that was just something I was just thinking of, like, Russell Wilson, to be compared to him, like, similar build, similar personalities, the mannerisms and stuff, things that – when you said that, I'm like, yeah, he, he kind of does. Like the interviews and stuff that I say, he kind of spoke and, like him. And then what's funny, too, it's a small world that Reggie Williams was actually a really good friend with Russell with, uh, Russell's father. They were actually oh, uh, roommates at Dartmouth in college because Russell Wilson's uh, father played a uh, wide receiver. And actually, I think he went to the Rams or something as a wide receiver and got cut in the uh, final round. So, Reggie and uh, Russell's, you know, fathers were uh, roommates. And then Reggie and my dad were, uh, you know, roommates on the road in the professional. So it's just kind of a small world how that all kind of like kind of intertwines a little bit. But I thought that was kind of unique. That is unique. And one thing that I found out, I think a couple of years ago, Russell Wilson was born in Cincinnati. So that's yep. another connection that's yep. just that's just crazy there. Um, so one thing that I wanted to ask you is while he was keeping up, obviously he was in tune with both of the, the organizations that he was a part of, FAMU and the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm-hmm. Did he like like any certain players in the modern era? Were there any any times that you guys watched Bengals games and he would say, oh, this kid is, has got it or, you know, if that was me out there, I would have made the play or was there anything like that that he did from a viewing standpoint of the Bengals? Uh, he definitely kept up with the Bengals and uh, the cornerbacks. And when he got an opportunity to come visit, uh, he would have conversations with them. Uh, I know when uh, Delta O'Neal broke his record with the uh, 10 interceptions, uh, he had an awesome, uh, great year. So he, he was following them. And then uh, Kirk Fitzpatrick, you know, a lot a lot of guys. So he definitely was always watching the Bengals and watching the uh, defensive backs. And uh, so, no, he he was definitely – and William Jackson now, of course, he um, – he watched him and, and liked this game. So, um, no, he's always supportive, always watching. And, um, 
thought those guys uh, played well. But Definitely, uh, definitely. Mm -hmm. So one thing I always thought with him getting so many interceptions, did he have an edge of playing quarterback? I almost feel like he knew what was coming, what other quarterbacks would be doing or what receivers would be thinking because he kind of had that edge from being a former quarterback himself. I definitely think that helped a lot, uh, but he was a student of the game. Uh, he kept a little I, – I wish I would have – I don't know if he ever – I never seen the notebook, but he was the key to a little notebook of, uh, like, the routes and uh, if he got beat by a particular route against a certain receiver, like the Star Wars or the Swans or, um, you know, Otis Taylor, whatever the wide receiver. So he kept a little notebook. So he was definitely a student of the game, and um, so that helped out, but – Playing quarterback probably did too because he knew the offenses uh, with the offensive schemes and that type of thing too. Uh, so I think, yeah, to answer your question, I think that did help playing quarterback uh, in college. T tell me about like, you know, like you talked about him having a notebook and like just writing notes and then taking, you know, like being probably a student in the game in the aspect of what he needed to do to probably better his game, right? Did he yeah. ever talk to you about what the Bengals need to do, like, to to maybe get over this hump that a lot of people feel like. Can you share, like, any of his, like, any of his things that he, like, maybe he put a bigger emphasis on maybe offensive line or maybe he just, was it, was, did he have a belief or a, a system that he thought would work to get us a ring? Yeah. I don't know if he actually, we, we never really talked about that uh, as far as what they needed to do. Uh, he knew it was tough to win the Super Bowl, of course, because they lost in 81. Um, right. But um, it's just hard, man. But to answer your question, no, he really didn't say, okay, well, they need to lean towards, you know, offense or defense one way or the other. He was always just supportive, always watching from afar and uh, wishing them uh, nothing but the best. So, um, which now, you know, I do. And, uh Hopefully uh, now with, you know, they can continue to uh, work on it. I think they got the quarterback of the future now and uh, hopefully he can come back healthy and they can build and bring in some uh, pieces to keep her protected and just keep it moving forward. So. Uh, Did he have any thoughts on Joe Burrow? Uh, we talked about it, you know, because we watched him in, uh, at LSU. And at first I have to be honest, I'm like, man, I just one year. Uh, you know, one year, anything can happen one year, but that, that, that last game where he played for the championship, that really, uh, we talked about it. It was like, man, he's impressive. And uh, and then after that one game, we kind of like, yeah, I think that uh, he's the real deal. You know, regardless of the one year, uh, he's the real deal. And then even, you know, coming into this year, he, he's proven it. He, he is the real deal. And uh, like I said, hopefully he can uh, come back healthy. Uh, but Definitely think that uh, he's the quarterback of the future. Definitely, definitely, for sure. So, Zim, did, did we want to share that treat that we had with him now, or did you have something that you wanted to ask him beforehand? No, I, I think you should show him. I, I, we made something, and Ace and um, his cousin and our partner, Ninja, who is, like, one of the craziest editors, like, of all time. Oh, yeah, he's dope. Uh, they, they've been working on a very, very special uh, project, and we wanted to show you, show you a trail of it. Okay. Yeah, so since um since it's Black History Month, we've got some stuff going on and we wanted to do something special and we wanted to highlight a bingo that contributed to black history and we couldn't think of anyone better than your dad. 
Um, so what we're going to share with you real quick is, and this is the first time we showed it, we haven't shown it to anyone. It's a trailer for um, a short documentary that we have coming out on your father. Um, oh, so we're going to go ahead and let this play real quick. A tragic loss in the Bengals community with us losing Ken Riley. I, I just immediately thought about his family and I'm thinking like, gosh, like that's a guy that should absolutely be able to walk across the stage, be able to say what he has to say and get his gold jacket the way that, you know, he's supposed to. The fact that the man didn't get to witness his own Hall of Fame induction when it does happen, because it's definitely going to happen in my opinion now. I was always taught humility. Let your work speak for you. And Riley, to me, is another unappreciated legend who should be in the Hall of Fame. 65 interceptions when he was 36. I mean, arguably one of his best years um, playing the National Football League. I was 36 years old. Still started all games, you know, but it went unnoticed. In Cincinnati, we were not publicized. I mean, we, we were not glorified, so to speak. Paul Brown philosophy is you go out and you that's what I'm paying you to do. And uh, there are a lot of guys that uh, had great careers there but went unnoticed, and I was one of those guys. Riley, to me, is an inspiration of just never giving up on yourself despite the fact that there are others who don't think you can quite make it. He was a first-team, all-team pro um, in 1983, the same uh, season, I believe, that the Bengals went pretty far in the playoffs. Uh, he also had an interception return for a touchdown. He had five of those. Um, he had, like Zim said, 65 interceptions, four seasons in the top 10, um, three seasons in the top 10 of the longest interception returns, 596 career interceptions, return yards, two seasons in the top 10, 18 fumbles recovered. He puts up those kinds of numbers, and it's not as a Hall of Fame, it's a travesty. He just always had a knack for being around the ball, and players around the league even spoke on it and just were saying, this is a guy that everyone really, really respected all those years. Oh, not only a great player, but he was a great leader. And Kenny led by example. When I think of Kenny Riley, I just think of the word grace. He was a graceful athlete. He had a lot of grace as a human being. He's a very quiet person, very humble. He was a, a quiet leader on the field and off the field. I've never in my life met anybody like him. You could tell that uh, his work ethic and the way he carried himself were true professional. Rest in peace to, to Kim Riley. I was always taught humility. Let your work speak for you. That's awesome. That is... Appreciate it, man. It's, it's something that we've been working through, and we just want to get the message out there, man. So just want to get your reaction to that real quick, man. Man, that is awesome. I'm, I'm thinking about my family now. I'm thinking about my sisters and my mom. My sister, I'm thinking about my younger sister. I can see her like this boo crying. You know, she's uh, I'm I'm speechless. That, that that's awesome, man. Um, like I said, and I've been on some other podcasts, and I I can't say it enough. Like 
to all of, you know, the Huda Nation and, and, you know, podcasts like you guys do. I really, really, from the bottom of my heart, we really appreciate it, man. Uh, it's awesome to uh, of all the support and uh, love that he's received. And um, like I said, it's it's really heartwarming for someone. Like I said, I know he's my father, so of course I'm biased, but to, to hear others and, you know, people speak so highly of him, uh, just um, it really makes us, you know, feel good. And I appreciate all that you, that you guys do. So thank you. Um, like I said, I can't I said, can't say it enough. And hopefully one day, uh, like I said, we'll be saying this at the uh, Hall of Fame. But it'd be all to guys like yourselves, what you're doing. Because, um, uh, like I said, I just can't say it enough. Just thank you all for, for everything. No problem, bro. No problem at all. Man, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, nah, I just, you know, like, you know, um, you like you like you kind of hit on it too it's like you know a lot of us you know look at our fathers like heroes you know and sometimes sometimes you don't really get a chance to you know everybody to give the gratitude that you feel like your father or your mother or someone in your family deserves and it's just a shame you know like i i you know i'm not related to you at all but you yeah. know i feel like it's such a bad you know uh set of circumstances that he, he wasn't able to witness himself going into the Hall of Fame. But I hope that the energy that we channel to this and everybody collectively, even someone that maybe doesn't know too much about it, get into a conversation with uh, a, a Stiller fan or something at the bar. Right. Like, you know, like like all these different things that could happen. I think the, the energy that we channel to it is collectively going to get them to the Hall and one of my wishes is that you get to see it. And, yeah. you know, um, that's one of my goals, like, now in life, you know, is, like, to make sure that he gets his just due. Because once that happens, even some of the players that you were talking about earlier, you know, like, that you you wouldn't mind seeing the, in the ring of honor and different things like that, I think it just opens up the doors for so many people. That's why I really, really harp on the Bengals have to be successful in this national narrative of casual fans like poo-pooing us and and not identifying people like Ken Riley and the greatness that he was at the position can't be tolerated on a national level for me because what it does is it stagnates a lot of great players that deserve to be in there. And this is an exact situation on what doesn't need to happen um, by you not recognizing someone whether they're, they're here on earth to see it. And that's one of my things that I just, I feel is super unfortunate, but we're going to make sure that this happens because we got a lot of people that are going to be doing this a lot of times. There's going to be a lot of conversations and this is going to happen for sure. Like I said, man, I appreciate it. And I know like people follow me on Twitter. I saw that tweet now and it's like, uh, you know, one of the travesties, like I said, he won't be here to see it because I know that he won't see it, but um, I know he was, what we both thought that this centennial class, since they were going to have so many, and he was he was starting to get the buzz and he was doing all the interviews and I really thought that he would have been a part of this class. But when he didn't get it this time, I mean I could I could see that he was deflated. And it was like, wow. It was like, man, I'm not gonna get in. But I told him, I'm like, you're gonna get in. You know, it's, right. you're gonna get you're gonna get in and uh it's unfortunate that uh he won't be here, but I know that he'll be here in spirit and I'm gonna do all I can to can push it. And like I said, I can't say it enough. 
for, you know, what you just said, just sit the nail on the coffin. We have to uh, celebrate our own. And I think that it will channel through the, the national levels. And uh, eventually once, you know, that next bingo gets in, I think it'll definitely open up opportunities for, for other bingos greats because there has been always, um, there, there's been many, uh, like I said, you know, the Ken Anderson, um, you know, I, I can say Lamar Perry, uh, Willie Anderson. Uh, I'll say Willie Anderson. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he, he's he's right there now. So uh, hopefully, uh, we can start getting some of the bingos in, and we can change the narrative as far as like that small market stuff doesn't that doesn't cut it. Right. It's a small market. It doesn't matter where you come from. It's what you've done, and, and you know, it's like the character because these are great men too. Though you know, you talk about a lot of times like. These are great people. So not only did right. they put up stats, they also uh, would exemplify what it means to be a professional and to represent the NFL. So I think that we just need to change that narrative. And uh, thank you guys for 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 keeping it going. And we, we're going to do this. And I hope, like I said, I won't forget. And I, I recognize I see all that you do. And uh, like I said, I really appreciate it. No, yes. we appreciate you, bro. And there's a lot of people in the comments asking uh, when we're going to release the documentary. It will be pretty soon. Uh, we're trying to have it out at least before the end of this month. So we've got most of it. Some of this parts, parts of this is actually going to be in it as well. So okay. um, can we appreciate you stopping by, man? And was there anything that you wanted to say to Who Day Nation before you head out? We're gonna send you the trailer like right now too, though, just so oh, you can awesome. show. It. Yeah, I, yeah, I want to show. I can't wait to show my mom, and you know, my mom. Oh, we're gonna give him more than the trailer. We'll give him. We'll see if we can hook him up with uh about the twelve minutes that we have so far. Yeah, I'm gonna send that to him though. But uh, to the Huda Nation, man, just thank you. Like I said, keep doing what you're doing. Like I said, I know not only for my father, but just you know, supporting the Bengals. Uh, just that's just thank you, thank you for for all the support. And I, I said I, I I would never I can't say it enough. I uh, know, but I I really do appreciate it. And uh, like I said, if I could thank everybody and give things, I just I just like I said appreciate it though. So thank you guys. Yeah, thank you, Ken. Appreciate that, uh, ladies and gentlemen. That is Ken Riley. You can follow him on Twitter at Ken Riley um, two. I think it's I think it's I I. Ken Riley the second on there on uh on Twitter. Yeah, so be sure yeah, to give yeah. him a follow and be sure to stay tuned for the documentary coming out. We'll have some links and stuff like that. We'll be dropping the trailer as well on Twitter. Uh, make sure you follow Zim at Zim underscore Huda. You can follow me at New Stripe City on Twitter um, and on Instagram. This has been the Orange is the New Black Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And as usual, we're gonna leave you guys with a Huda. Huda. Hello world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> I never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in high school. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. Support for this show comes from Vanta. 
dealing with loads of spreadsheets, juggling different tools, and having to do manual security checks. It can be a headache to keep up with today's compliance and security programs. Vanda is the trust management platform that wants to simplify things and bring all your trust building efforts under one roof, making growth smoother for your whole organization. Vanta lets you automate up to 90% of compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more. Strengthen security posture and reduce third-party risk. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to vanta.com slash vox. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash vox for $1,000 off Vanta.